I've been watching fucking YouTube videos of a wet shave. You know, when you're in the barber and they, they grease you up and they, it's uh-huh. like really relaxing. I want to try that. I've never done that. Like, like Sweeney straight, Todd style with a yeah, straight yeah. razor and yeah. yeah. Have you ever done that? Has anybody here ever done that? Nope. No. no. Uh, yes, it you has. Have? Like I, I've I've gone I've gone to the barber for a haircut and they've <laughs> gross. <laughs> Bob, clean the mics. <laughs> um, I can taste that one. <laughs> yeah, it tastes like French onion did. Hello again, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pitcast. We're here inside Bob's Lair. I'm joined once again by Matt Moss. Good afternoon. LG. What up? Lil Greg and Mr. Lorian Elliman once again. Hello. What's up, guys? Good to have you here. Thanks for coming. So many champions in the room. It's a winner's table, isn't it? Well. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh, one plenty. That's yeah, true. what's what, Greg? What's your proudest magic achievement? Uh, boy, I got top four on a RPTQ, so I was a one match away from going to the Pro Tour. That's a as good as it gets. Would you have Would you have gone at the at the time? Yeah, it was a trip to Spain, full Holy ride. Holy shit! Yep, yep. I well, got the uh, the mono red pair up, so I, I was playing blue white red and modern. It's like a hard control deck, and it was playing uh, against Scred Red. It's like the the worst possible matchups, like Blood Moons, Stormbreath Dragons, like unwinnable, basically. And I lost immediately. So, damn, dream crushed. That kind of sucks. Um, you did you did feel like it was close at any at any point? Like as soon as you got paired up against this guy, you were like, "Fuck me." Yeah, I was boned. I feel the the um, the middle school format that we play now has some aspects to it that remind me of modern in that there are some, it feels like there are, are like 70-30 matchups. I was talking to Lorian about that when we were playing. It's, it's very similar to modern and that's like a rock, paper, scissors type format mm-hmm. where like no deck beats every deck. True, true. And to, and to actually that's a very... Uh, prescient thing to say because we have just um, come off of these semifinals. So we've we've mentioned the Lords Leagues uh, a couple times on this podcast, and the middle school Lords League has finally come to a conclusion. And the way that the finals, the semifinals and finals, were structured in this tournament were each of the top four players had to pick three different decks to play. And you played a best of five matches against your opponent. You'd have to choose your slate of decks ahead of time, and then there was this crazy next level stage where you, you know, for the fourth and fifth games, had to kind of anticipate what you think they thought their best deck was, what you think they would. Get. It was just like crazy amount of head games. And it, it was. It like, didn't have to tie to the decks you played during the league trimesters, correct? 
Right. They could be anything. Okay. I think the th- I think the stuff that people played in the trimesters was a pretty good hint as to what they would probably play. Mm. So like speaking to but both you and Greg mixed it up in the semis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I f- I figured I f- yeah I figured since I played the exact same deck for all three trimesters, I, I honestly and we we might get into this a little bit more later. I kind of regret not playing that deck again. I think. So my so my thoughts though for this um, for the finals were I wanted to match I was I was thinking there's gonna be a lot of red decks I was like I've got Bob on goblins I've got you on goblins and I think I wouldn't put it past you Greg to play a red deck and I wanted to run um, Reanim- Reanimator against your red decks because I figured reanimating a Chroma or reanimating a lifelink creature was like kind of the best proactive strategy you could take. And from there, it's like, well, I've got to probably play against some amount of control. Like, I, you know, you're probably on some sort of blue-white standstill variant, Greg. Lauren, you're probably playing uh, Psychotog because Psychotog treated you really well. And Madison and Bob, I, I wouldn't put it past you to run uh, standstill back again. So. I, th- I thought for sure that Lauren would be on blue black control deck for sure you did not play a single control deck yeah you you i feel like subverted people's expectations the most (laughs) did did you think that people would have you on psychotog i was just too scared to play psychotog because uh in the first two trimesters i went 6-0 with red decks and in the third one i played psychotog specifically thinking that no one else was going to play goblins and then two out of the three matches i got paired with goblins and i just didn't want to go through that again um bob had played <laughs> goblins a couple times uh-huh and i was just too worried about that matchup i mean there's like there's lots of ways that you can prepare for psychotog you know it's yeah. f- four creatures that you have to take care of and maybe a morphling so i it seemed like too much of a gamble to play that and so i ended up i played sly and goblins which i had both played in the trimesters and then i played bant survival which uh, treated me well at the Lord's house. And I, I just really liked that deck and was kind of high on it. In the cage match event? Yeah, the Friday the, night event? cage match event. I oh. got to the finals and uh, Goblins beat me. But it... it I, that was I, Andrew? That was Andrew, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was not as bad of... Like, it was kind of a bad matchup, but that was part of how I built the sideboard. So I came into the semifinals and the finals with a better sideboard plan against Goblins specifically. Yeah. My uh, my choice to play Reanimator ended up punishing me a lot against Greg because Greg ended up playing two decks that played a ton of soft counters. So I you know against um, your blue black deck, Greg, I ended up keeping uh, two Reanimator hands that seemed pretty reasonable to me, which is like it was a slow path to putting a creature into the graveyard, but it either had disruption or multiple Reanimate spells. So I'm like, okay, well, if you let the like entomb stuff resolve, which I kind of expect you to, then I'm just going to jam multiple reanimates and eventually you'll run out of resources. But you were playing a deck with four spikes, mana leaks, counter spells, and force of wills. Right. I haven't played against reanimator a lot in middle school, but I have played it in Legacy. And you really just want to be countering the reanimate spells, like mm-hmm. not, not so much any other setup. So 
knowing that, I, I just kind of stocked my hand full of free counters. That was kind of the idea, dazes and force of wills. Oh, you played days too. That's right. right. Four, four days in that deck, four force of will, four force spike, four mana leak, two counter spell. And that's, four, a, that's a hard well, road right? to hoe, man. Yeah. Oh, three, four bids, right? Because I, I was playing a squee deck. So. I, I, and I figured you would play a squee deck because I remember you mentioned at like one point in time that you thought squee was like one of the best cards in the, in the format. It was like one of the most powerful strategies. Do, do you still think that's true? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the most powerful things. I don't, I don't know if it's quite bannable because I, I finally got a chance to play it. So, uh-huh. and it kind of blew my mind. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, uh, maybe you want to ban the cards that enable the strategies like particularly survival. Uh, yeah. So to jump ship to um, Lorian's band deck, you're playing a deck that includes play sets of probably the two most abusive cards in the whole format, which are force of will and survival of the fittest. You get to play them both together. Yeah. That's what's so great. So it's a, instead of like the regular survival um, toolbox of creatures, it mostly just plays madness creatures so mm-hmm. it's got lots of threats, it's got eight counter spells, and it's got one of the most powerful enchantments in the format, survival. And it's just super consistent. It can go the aggro plan. It's got a loyal retainers, a chroma plan. Mm. So it can just attack on a lot of different angles and defend itself pretty well. I like that deck a lot. Yeah, there was, um, I think, over the past maybe half year, the innovation of adding survival to the madness deck kind of started to creep into the the <clears throat> canon, I suppose. Because Mullen played a blue-green survival deck, which I actually borrowed from him, his nearly exact list, for uh, the playoffs. And he's playing this probably more, slightly more consistent, careful study version with four dazes. Because I'm, I'm guessing you're... Your Bant deck is not playing Daze? No, and that's one thing that I like so much about the Bant deck is that you can't really play Daze. And Daze is situationally good. It's super powerful in the early game, obviously, but it can just be dead in your hand. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather just have like consistently powerful counter spells, give up that tempo, the occasional tempo advantage. You're not really playing enough islands to, to use Daze anyways, are you? Oh no, not in the Bant build. I mean, you could build, yeah, you could build a right. survival madness. Carter, you were, your blue-green build was probably playing seven or eight islands, I would imagine. Yeah, I think I think he was on... Um, Is enough to cast days for its alternate. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. I definitely didn't have trouble in, in the test games that I played or, or the games that I played in the up, semis. Up in Madison, what was the version of survival that Burgesson played? Was that um, four-color? Do you remember? You played against him, right? Yeah. I didn't ever see any Cabal therapies, so I'm not sure if he was on black or not. He was definitely green, white, maybe red as well, maybe blue. What would um what what would you say was more or less effective about your build versus what he played up in I thought he had um recurring nightmare. I thought he was on black. Yeah, maybe he maybe he was on recurring nightmare but not on Cabal therapy or drugs. Um so what do you think was more effective about your build versus what he was on? So his is more of a combo deck. He's trying to do things like get a Chroma out or get a Deranged Hermit out, get some kind of loop going. Okay. He can do things like um, okay. 
Genesis in the graveyard yeah. with spore frog to just fog indefinitely. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But it's like you've got a bunch of these one ofs that maybe will get stuck in your hand, especially if you don't have survival. I mean, anybody who's played a few survival games knows that like that's the critical card. Right. And if you get rid of that, then their plan can kind of go to shit. They've got like all of these utility creatures that op- oftentimes don't do anything in their hand because yeah. they don't have them at the right time. Whereas with Madness Survival, um, even if you get your survival nuked, a lot of times you can just win on the board with things like Wild Mongrel and Arrogant Worm, mm-hmm. uh, Basking Root Walla. You find a way to get wonder in the graveyard like even if so even if um survival gets blown up you have some time before that to get the stuff in your graveyard that you want or get the setup that you want so basking you know you just get a bunch of three three flyers and it's hard to deal with sure and the white splash i'm guessing is for enlightened tutor are you playing enlightened tutor yeah yeah a couple of enlightened tutors and then uh loyal retainers uh to get a chroma back okay and so that's basically it and then a couple not- sideboard cards it's a splash for sure yeah what what white cards? Disenchant or Abeyance or? Uh, right now it's like two swords, and I'm testing out one mm-hmm. solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Oh right, because once you get solitary and squee, you can tutor for the squee really easily with your survival. Yeah, it's a little situational because you have to have the setup of like having a survival in play, uh, and if you have that, then you can get the squee in your graveyard, and you can discard uh, your madness cards and put them into play. And then just dis- and then keep discarding squee to survival, or to um, solitary confinement. And so, I think a lot of red decks. I'm kind of giving away my tech, but I think a lot of red decks wouldn't put in anarchy. And even if they did, it wouldn't be very good because it's literally just hitting like a chroma and solitary confinement. So it might be dead in their hand a lot of the time. But then you drop that, and they just can't get through. That's a four mana spell from Ice Age. Is anarchy destroy all white permanents? Right? Yeah, yeah, two colorless and red red. You're mainly uh, a, a, right, right. a blue green deck, though m- mostly green. So I, I'd imagine that wouldn't wouldn't come in, even if they had it. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- I mean I haven't done it yet, but I think if you can get the if you can get that lock, then there's kind of nothing that they can do. I mean they they could get like a Phyrexian Furnace and get rid of your Squee, but even then it's like whatever cards you have in your hand, you can like slowly discard, and you've got a lot of turns to like try to present lethal damage with them while they're just like sitting there with. It's interesting. It's interesting how many uh, survival variants there are. And as time goes on, you know, I think you'll see things slowly coalesce. But we're still, I think, in this phase where people don't necessarily know. Like, I think a great player could probably play the black-based recurring nightmare survival deck to plenty of solid finishes. And we saw Jason Paul play this really aggressive version of the Goblins deck with fire blasts and more burn spells. And it was Andrew who took that deck to the first place finish at, yeah, at Lord's he house. With it. Um, so even, I think even in a shell as rigid as goblins, there's still some space to move around. And I know with my tricks deck, like I only changed like a couple cards in the 75, but after talking to you, Greg, you convinced me to add a main deck morphling, which I felt like added like a totally new, it was just the addition of that one card, like added such a new dimension to the deck. It adds a new win con just in case they have main deck ways to deal with your first way to win. Yeah. Or like any way of, of gaining life. Like I'm no longer cold to that. So it just feels like, Oh wow. Like I, I don't feel as, as fragile as all in on this one particular thing. And then, um, sideboarding was a huge lesson for me. Like I used to think that there were times where I needed to cut the whole combo when in reality I just wanted to add the extra morphling so that there were more bombs in my deck. 
I think you were you were watching me play against Andy Mack, and I was like, I you know managed to get a morphling into play, and then by the time we had like kind of ground through that, I had the combo in my hand, you know. Right. So now he's got to beat morphling and or the tricks combo. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the way that it's supposed to be with a combo deck. Like if you if you if your opponent can just beat what you're doing with a single disenchant, then you're probably going to lose. But if there's multiple elements of attack, right. you back it up with card draw and counter spells, then like slowly but surely you'll you'll overwhelm them. Yeah, I was kind of comparing it to modern twin from back in the day, I guess now. Uh, but you have ways to win by just attacking with pester might. You know, you don't have to combo them out. So. Right, and and the and the and the twin deck back in the day would board in all these like grindy, powerful, right, draw different things. win cons. Right, like right. Um, Karanos, God of Storms. That sure, was like a huge bomb. This like enchantment that you couldn't get rid of that would like lightning bolt them every turn or draw you extra cards or whatever. Yep, it was pretty insane. So, um, Lorian, last time we had you talking about in in like between now and the last time we had you on the podcast talking about middle school is there anything in particular in the format that you think has has changed anything that's been refined anything that you're expecting or if you can't answer that can you kind of speak to how you planned your sideboards for these uh, middle school trimesters like do do you think a lot of the advantage that you had in this tournament and I'm not sure if we we've mentioned this already but Lauren won the ended up winning the whole thing so do you think that you ended up getting an advantage in sideboarding or deck choice Mm. well first first answer the question about the format in general (laughs) we got about 69 questions there Carter so (laughs) evolution of the format first any and any of them any of them you want to answer right so at least in the Lords leagues it didn't seem like there was a lot of innovation uh, maybe there was some, but like there were like people were playing stock decks, yeah, yeah. or or decks that I that they had been playing before. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the Lord's house, I played a bunch of games with Alan Finney from Nashville, mm-hmm. and it's like I think we're kind of in a bubble here in Chicago. Like we've got our own meta game, but it's not really representative of like what the total middle school meta game is. Mm. He was on like a mono black pox uh, rack deck with uh whatever that creature is that if it's the only one in your graveyard you get it back oh like another shadow or whatever another shadow yeah so like after he entombs that then he'll like entomb a cabal therapy sacrifice it to cabal therapy and then get it back next turn and just like grind you down like play a play uh ensnaring bridge nobody's really playing ensnaring bridge in chicago right So, so i think the i wouldn't say that the chicago metagame is stale but um Oftentimes you kind of know what you're playing up against, whereas other clubs uh, probably look pretty radically different than us. And so it's good to get that cross pollination and like see what other people are up to. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I think that eggs deck, that uh, Helm of Awakening deck, is a, a direct result of like cross pollination between clubs. I don't think I don't think that deck was really something that existed until. Um, the guys spent a little more time with the team serious folks. And I think that's how it like transferred over to, to us well, Mo, as a side note, so <laughs> not to interrupt you, Moss, but Mullen play. So <laughs> I sit down across from Mullen. And Where he, was this at? This was, uh, this was at the, um, at the brewery, uh, pilot, pilot project. Okay. Okay. Last week. All right. And, uh, we, we, we shuffle up and he plays like a turn one helm and then he draws for the turn, passes back. I'm playing 
the rock. It's, the rock is not excellent against combo decks like this. Helm is all spells cost one colorless less. All spells, yes. All right. um, and he goes, oh, by the way, we're testing windfall. And so I just played a forest and passed the turn. He then dumps his whole hand into play and casts Windfall. I discard my whole hand. And he draws six more cards and just proceeds to kill me on that turn. I'm like, yeah, Windfall seems really broken, dude. I'm not so sure about that. It's just so funny, like, the idea of, Oh, like, we're testing. It's like, oh, actually, I put this banned card in my deck. I'm testing it out. <laughs> it's like, you and who? We all know this card is busted. What are you talking about? Just needed some comments. Confirmation there. Just, just a true, just a true fucking brother. <coughs> yeah, what's the so far? Only Gush has been unbanned, right? That's the only card that's been tested and Gush is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Gush was the only card that had been banned originally by the Team Serious guys that we've uh, unbanned. And I mean, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on Gush. Like it's it's good in Psychotog. It's good in the um, the. Uh, Turbo land deck, like the the time walk deck, but I think it could be a win more most of the time. Even in the even in the Psychotog deck, yeah, it's just a win faster, yeah. Right, right. Well, well, they could already just be playing a counter spell instead and controlling the game until it, it naturally finishes, instead of just like having a card that's sometimes dead in your deck. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in my Psychotog deck, I play two for that reason. Like, you don't really want to draw it early game. If you're gushing on turn three or four, like using the alternate cost, you're probably going to lose that game because you're so far behind on lands. Like, you're doing that out of desperation. And then you just, like, double time walk yourself, and it's, it's I think good. Jaco told me it was his concession to, like, playing against rad decks, but uh, I, I still don't, don't think it's good enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you can stick a Psychotog, and then you gush, and you're able to discard cards to keep it from getting burned out, I guess that's good because then Psychotog is kind of like a brick wall, but um, I wouldn't want to play more than two probably. I mean, it's very good in like Mono Blue Stasis. Like it does something very specific in that deck. It is sweet there. Yeah, it is. yeah that's that's a deck that um, I haven't played, but people say is very very good. And the, uh, actually, I don't think I don't think anyone in Chicago, right? To Jake, my to Jake my he's oh he's the only one with the funky lamb that untaps. Yeah, what you like discard a card to Forsaken untap City, it. Or yeah. for it's either Forgotten City or Forsaken City or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't untap normally. You have to discard a card to untap it. But essentially m- makes it so that your stasis, you know, it's it's like it's like Masticore. It's like, okay, we just play the game where that's all I do. And then or, or until maybe, you deal with it. Or oops, you know, like I, I drew gush and can gush in response. What about getting back to the sideboards? And you'd asked Carter, you'd ask Lorian about sideboards, but we could open it up to um, Greg as well. Maybe sideboarding in their finals matches. Just like kind of what what was some of the... How have you expanded the sideboard? Or as you've been thinking about the format or what you thought they were going to do? Or um, I'm doing a Carter thing now where I'm like asking a ton of questions, but sorry. It's almost as if it's a super smart thing to do. No, 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 no. I'm just a little bit more uh, self-aware. No, uh, like how, how you would uh, how you would decide what to play in games for, or matches four and five too. Yeah, because it seems like there's a lot of kind of stock sideboards. You know, four of the... the what's the, what's the uh, graveyard exiling artifact thing? Phyrexian Furnace. Furnace. It's like four Phyrexian Furnace and then, and then go. Yeah, I think for this top four, you wanted to be playing some number of furnaces for sure because everyone could be playing a 
reanimate deck or a deck with squee or whatever you know some mm-hmm. va- value graveyard deck do you want to talk about the game speaking of graveyard hate where uh lauren you used crozen reclamation on uh your squeeze that was dope sure that was sweet yeah yeah, so um, I have never... Phyrexian Furnace has never been good for me, and maybe it's because I don't play it that much, uh, but it seems it's slow, right? I guess it's good in something like, against Psychotog, where you've got a lot of turns to, or a lot of turns to uh, get rid of their cards. But one problem is that a lot of decks that... Like a lot of combo decks, blue-based combo decks, they'll bring in things like um, Chain of Vapor to pop your artifact on the turn that they need to go off. So I prefer to play instant speed graveyard removal, like Coffin Purge and Crozen Reclamation. I'm still not sure if I'm sold on Crozen Reclamation, because it can be bad. Like, if you Crozen Reclamation something into a survival deck, they can just survival it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I tested out two copies to see if it was any good. And it has flashback, too, which is really nice. And that ended up being uh, pretty crucial, the fact that I could uh, take care of Greg's squee in the graveyard twice. Yeah, that was sick. My my tech for the for the graveyard hate was I I I planned on bringing in stifles to basically stifle the like Tormaz Crypt trigger to exile my graveyard or to stifle the uh, Phyrexian Furnace trigger so I could keep my squeeze. So I brought those in against you. I stifled one of your fetch lands and then you proceeded to kill me. But. Yeah, you stifled like my third or fourth land or something. So it was it wasn't like a critically important. I mean, it was. A, I, I yeah. think it was the second land. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I I felt pretty good about it if you didn't have another land. But I mean, it's hard to turn that down. Right, right. I had the mana. Is yeah, whatever. Stifling the loyal retainers would have been pretty delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I should have saved it. It, it was probably just a, a misplay. But I, yeah, I probably shouldn't have played that deck against you. I should have played the blue white deck. The more I think about it, the more I like. That's the deck I know. So, I, and you're playing the deck that you you've been kind of working on for a while now too. So, yeah, the blue black deck was kind of a spur of the moment. Like, oh, I want to play this. Let's go in and not even test it. Let's just see what happens. And it was pretty good. Yeah. So what um what do you think makes a powerful squee control shell? Like, what are what are the core cards that support squee goblin about? Well, you want intuition. Mm-hmm. Right, and so if you want intuition, you want AK. So that's kind of built in. Obviously, you want like four zombie infestation in that deck, just so you could play it on turn two. And kind of the idea is you never need more than two mana, so days is good there. So you can play turn two zombie infestation with days backup if you need to. You know, if you're playing against a controlled strategy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because then the card just sits in play. It's not like you're discarding real cards to the zombie infestation. You're just waiting until you can set up the intuition. Later. Correct. And, and sometimes there's some dead counter spells or whatever. You know, if my four spikes are, are bad or whatever, you know, draw extra lands. You just pitch it, make mm-hmm. a zombie, whatever. But I was playing four careful studies too, so I had something to do on turn one. Yeah, that so sounds sick. Just in case I had drawn a squee opening hand or maybe even two, I just mm-hmm. filter it out and free cards. Do you, um, what do you think about careful study as compared to, um, what's the, what's frantic the, search? Yeah, what's the three mana one that it has? Frantic like? search. Right, frantic search. Yeah, I don't have to pay three mana for anything in the deck other than intuition. Interesting. Which is busted. Uh, and, and four bid too. So I was, I was playing four bids 
but that that's like my top end late game is like for a bid buy it back with squee every turn just counter a spell which is so just you got that yeah on me uh right and carter yeah oh yeah (laughs) i got forbidden out (laughs) right that's like that's the rare time where i go turn one lackey and then so greg goes uh underground river tap it for a careful study and i'm like oh he's playing reanimator discards two squeeze and i'm like "Uh, okay i have no idea what's going on whatever i'll just play my turn one lackey no big deal he goes turn two zombie infestation i'm like uh oh that's nice like i've lost i'm gonna keep playing this game but i've already lost there's no way yeah, you're just playing for information at that point, right? Yeah, for the next basically, game. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what he said too when he was playing me. It was nice. <laughs> I think that was my only win against you. <laughs> um, could this be a gush deck? Yeah, again, I think gush is kind of a win more in this deck. Mm-hmm. But hey, yeah, sure, you can play gush. Go ahead, I'm not gonna stop you. It's hard to play days and and gush, but it might be it it might be that gush is halfway decent. It just seems good in the abstract if you're trying to keep your curve super low and want to turn resources into uh, two twos. Yeah. Just like the Psychotog deck, if you're going to be like playing 20 counter spells in your deck, you don't need a card like Gush. You need a different card that generates more advantage. Yeah. And also you don't, you know, if if there's one thing I learned playing counter spell is that you don't want to have more counters in your hand than you can actually cast. They don't really do you any good if you're sitting on, you know, triple counter and your opponent can cast three spells in a turn and the third one is the most impactful. So sometimes playing out your lands is, is useful there if you're just getting card advantage. Are you are you playing um, Compulsion in the stack, which is the other kind of industry standard with Squee? I'm not, but I'm sure you can. I, I really d- wouldn't have had time to ever cast it so i played like four matches with uh with you i I think i played two matches with carter and two matches with lorian and i i don't think i would have ever had like a good time to cast compulsion like i think best it would have done is probably pitch to force of will but uh. it's a pretty inefficient card it's it's twice as efficient as jam day tome uh but it's still like a pretty fucking inefficient card yeah, it's not great. It's two mana, so to, yeah. to to play it and then two mana to activate it, and you have to pitch Squee. But like, I could just be generating card advantage a different way. Like, I can intuition for AK, or I could just pitch Squeeze to careful study. So another Greg special that I got punked out by in this uh, in the semifinals was. Um, uh, explain to us this morph angel and why you love it so much and why you think it's so oh, yeah. good. Oh, exalted angel? Exalted angel, yes. Yeah, it could be the best creature in the format. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure about it, but uh, four or five with spirit link on it is like pretty unbeatable, especially backed up with counter spells. Um, yeah, it's it's inefficient. You know, it's a, you know if you if you morph it and. Um, if you play it as a morph and then unmorph it, it ends up being the seven mana investment. But um, but you get to play it before turn six. Yeah. So it's just this it's just this investment that just sits in play and flips when when you want it to, right? And yeah. it's especially good in a force of will deck. Correct. Yeah. yeah. For, you you pretty much only morph it when you have force of will backup, and that's it. You mm-hmm. Flip it and game over, basically. Yeah. Has has that 
card been really good for you? I know, I know it's, I know it's a bit of a, of a, of a pet card, but so pretty, pretty much all the time it's insane. Other than against sulfuric vortex, uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the crux. But other than that, every time it's insane. Yeah, it, it definitely was a card that it's like you, you played it. It was, yeah, it, like you played it, protected it with force. And right. Then, I, I think I killed you with five hits or. I did. I just, you know, uh, the, turn, the turn you unmorphed it, I didn't find an answer to it for that many turns. You cannot race the thing. I had like double spirit monger in play by the end of the. Oh, you had game. quite a bit of power on board for sure. Yeah, but, but by that point it was too late. Yeah, yeah. By that point, because it is, it's just like five hits and the thing kills you. So, um, pretty, pretty powerful creature. Yeah, I guess I guess it probably would go first and foremost in a force of will deck or any deck that just wants to make like a mana investment later when the time is right. It's not as immediately impactful as. A lot of other three and four drops can be. It's cool in slide too, so you could just flip it for free when you cycle a card. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great. The which is play. yeah, which is pretty sweet. So you could play like a red white slide deck or a mono white slide deck. You know. Yeah, I um, I yes, the only other person I've seen besides you play it is of course your your partner in crime, Tyler Edders. Yeah, some Edders type shit right and there. The, and the yeah, the but the but the I just I I think the two of you are are great because the both of you have some very high estimations on uh on certain cards and not a lot of other people have have that have that take. Like uh Force Spike, for example, like you two are super high on Force Spike. Well, if you play Force for Force Spike all the time and your your win rate is 70 or 80%, it <laughs> must be good. It, I don't may, maybe it's like play skill. I I, I don't think so. I I, yeah. I don't feel like I'm much better than anybody else. You guys are all great at magic. Well, champs, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty high on on Force Spike too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to play 4 or I don't play 4 in my Psychotog deck, but it's you a need great that card. early interaction yeah. for for middle school because there's not a lot of cheap ways to to interact with your opponent turn one. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You look at um, how a lot of these blue decks um, end up getting built, and they're just stuffed with two drops. Yeah, you've got all your AKs, all your counter spells, all your all your mana leaks, just your oats, your standstill. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're like, oh, I could just take turn one off. Whatever. Yeah. Psychotog too. You know, a, a, a lot of those stock versions. You know, it's like I'll play Edicts. Um, and so, yes, a, a, so many times you just end up passing the first turn without doing anything. And if you're on the draw, you can already be behind by that point if you're playing against um, Sly or something. You can, yep. you know, if they if they play a Jackal Pup or a Goblin Lackey. Totally. If it, you're if you're playing a Force Spike deck against the Goblins deck, you're you're probably already at a significant disadvantage. So having the fourth Force Spike, having four in there, just helps like pretty much no matter what matchup wise you know it's even really good at like control versus control like people hard cast force of will in this format all the time for value you just force spike it mm-hmm. um so lauren you played two red decks in your um in your final slate is is goblin still the best deck ever okay. ever was it ever <laughs> it, the best is it, deck? is it the goat uh well, it's very good but i mean Zombie Infestation can beat it easily. Mm-hmm. Engineered Plague can beat it easily. So that kind of, like, because of Engineered Plague, I tend to want to play a second color, uh, maybe even a third color. So my build is red-black, but it's got City of Brass, Burning Wish, and then um, 
whatever that sorcery is that's a red and a green that pops an enchantment, an artifact, or Hull Breach. Hull Breach. Hull yeah. Breach, right. Yep. And then, like, uh, a couple Draw News Crusade in the sideboard, which gives goblins plus one, plus one, and makes them black, which takes care of Engineered Plague and Circle of Protection Red. That's mm-hmm. sick. That's dope. A, a sideboarded uh, Goblin King to help with Engineered Plague as well. So, like, it's. It's probably the most powerful deck that is also the most uh, susceptible to sideboard hate. Yeah, I think um, it's. Uh, I think most decks should devote at least five sideboard slots to goblins. I would say you definitely want like a playset of a really impactful card, and then something else that's good, like a blue blaster or something. I think it's probably the deck that you're going to see the most and the deck that will punish you the hardest if you don't have the right answers for it. Which I, which is, I think is, is something that can pretty firmly set something on the pedestal of best deck. Just something that so brutally puts you to that test. Um, regardless, you know, maybe, maybe the sheer power level of goblins versus standstill versus survival is like kind of on the same level because if it wasn't you'd probably have to ban something but I think you can beat a survival deck with a lot of the kind of generic tools that you find in most sideboards where disenchant naturalize that that exactly that the graveyard hate like just that type of stuff backed with like you know a, a threat some amount of disruption but I it just feels like when you play against goblins it's like they either have to just you have to fade the the lackey or you need multiple points of interaction. You need like to you need to kill the lackey and then find a pyroclasm. There's like you need multiple things to win. At least. Yeah, I would say so, for sure. Um, but yeah, the um, this uh this this format for a finals was really really cool. I think because you, Lorian, ended up playing as many. It's like you played as many finals matches that mattered as you did, um, like Lee or like uh, trimester matches that matter. Yeah, just about. So it's this true. I think it's just a true test of of skill. Like, how, how long did it take? Um, well, it took a long time. We, we were started there, at five. Yeah, we, we left were there at for hours. Ten thirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was that was quarter final or semifinals and finals, right? And, yes. and finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two best of best two best of five, of five matches. matches. Greg, Greg, Greg you, you and I, we went to five. We, we went did. To five. We did go to five because you, you to, won the first, and then I heated up and I won two in a row. And yes. then you won the fourth one, and then it came down to the fifth match. What were what were the decks in the fifth match? Uh, I beat him with Exalted Angel. He was playing uh, the Rock. Rock. So actually, what was sweet was in our th- so in our third match, Greg plays um, Sly, and I play the Rock. And this was just these were our these were our slated decks. There was no like mind games there. Um, and you know, Greg Greg beats me in the third match and he goes, of course, he's like, I think this is a really good matchup for me. And I go like, actually, I think it's a good matchup for me. I feel like I just kind of ran bad there. And so we go, okay, so we, we Greg has the idea of, okay, well, we're going to write the decks down that we play. It's like, kind of like rock, paper, scissors, go. It's like right. You can't, you can't go grab for the deck box because your opponent 
could know which deck you're going to be playing, especially if he sees you shuffling up with like yellow sleeves, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, right, I know yellow sleeves is this, so I'm going to pick this. So it's like we both write down write down the decks that we want to play and flip them up at the same same time. Mm. Um, so there's no, so there's not that element of like mystery while you're keeping, but this way you didn't have to show up to the event with like three decks and three identical boxes and three identical I was just going to ask if you used like all all the same black sleeves or, or whatever. I think Lorian did. Camouflage. Oh, yeah, Lorian was thinking 3D chess style. Obviously. But right. I just like gold sleeves in middle school cards <laughs> because of the gold borders. Yeah. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. Pops them out a little bit. Uh, well, but, but sure enough, for, for uh, match four, we flip over these same decks that we had just played. <laughs> Three. Because I, we both thought that we were right. like, I, ad- advantaged. <laughs> I thought you'd for sure be on the same deck. I yeah. was just like, oh, let's go. I, I thought the same thing, too. I'm like, oh, he's going to run it back, and I'm going to prove it, bro. Because <laughs> I, I think I 2 owed you that third third match. Yeah, and I, I gave you the same treatment. Uh, no, that was three games. Uh, all right, fine. And then I, th- and then I think you 2 owed me in the... Um, in game uh, match five, unfortunately, yeah. where I probably should have played the madness deck. It's yeah. so hard to know. I didn't I mean, ha- actually no, I didn't hate my deck choice there. I re- actually I didn't really hate my deck choice against uh, the rock against blue white. I don't I don't hate that. How did you all decide on the order of your three decks to start? Was there any kind of thought to that or so I so I assume you guys would think I'd I'd play the my signature blue white deck last or like second uh so i played it first basically that was my only plan what about you yeah so i ran the same order uh for both bob and for you greg so i was the highest seed so i was going to be on the play my fear with it seemed like goblins would be the best option there because you get a turn one lackey guaranteed like turn one twice in the set of three games so i was concerned that people would be prepared for that so I went Bant Survival because that deck is also very good on the play. Just like turn one, Birds of Paradise, turn two, Survival, you're off to the races. So I started there. Sly is a very solid deck. It can win on the draw. It's not a big deal. It can just burn people out. So assuming like you win game one, so you're on the draw game two. So maybe you lose. And then game three, you might be on the play with Goblins, which is going to be very strong. So that was basically my strategy. I honestly, I just saved the best for last. Like I was most comfortable with the rock deck, so I'm like, I'll, I'll play it third in case they play one of their better decks last. Um, and I guess if I totally galaxy brained it, I would have swapped the reanimate, the reanimator deck and the rock deck, so I could play the reanimator deck against your slide deck, which is what I was hoping would happen. Um, right, you didn't know where I was going to put Sly because I could have also played Sly match one for the same reason because i was on the the play of the top seed but so yeah i thought it was too obvious that so that's just the thing i feel like my my justification in playing reanimator might have been a little flawed because i was thinking there's no way for me to guarantee that i'm going to match this reanimator deck against your red deck or a red deck and reanimator against like a blue white counterspell deck is pretty awful, which I know you're a hundred percent going to play. I so, didn't. I didn't really think too hard about the the deck choice, to be perfectly honest with you guys, because I didn't think it mattered that much. Because you have uh, four and five to to iron out, you know, the wins and losses, you know. Uh, so I don't know if it was like a gigantic percentage of like points to win. 
Yeah, you may you may be right there. I actually might have hamstrung myself by playing two decks that I was kind of unfamiliar with. I might have wanted to play the Trix deck that I was a lot more familiar with and just kind of shore up anything with. I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. I was expecting Trix for sure because you played that in all the trimesters? All. I played the same 75 throughout the same three right. trimesters. Right. It's kind of shocking to not, not see that there. Yeah. And, it, I've, and I probably should have played it because it actually wouldn't have been – it wouldn't have been awful against – I think it's good against red because you have a gain 20 life spell. Right. That would have been your good matchup for sure. I think the other, the, my two blue control decks would have been like a close game. Um, yeah. I think I would have felt better against the blue black deck than the blue white deck because the angel, once again, is like a huge bomb against, totally. against me for sure. We had, we had an insane match at, at Lord's house. Do you remember how that went down when I was playing tricks? What happened? It was just insane. You just ended up like top decking the the second planes to flip the angel on like the turn when it was the most crucial. And like I donated the tricks to you and you didn't have the planes and you hit the planes and then but like the game still continued for a while and I like like almost donated to you again but like you had the counter spell just in time. It was just, I, it was I do remember. That was, that was a good match. Yeah, that was a good match. Fun. Very fun. Good times. Um the f- the vintage finals have yet to be played for Lords Leagues. It's coming down to um, uh, Jaco and Stacko. I th- I think there if there's one thing that these Lords Leagues have really proved, Lorian, gotta say to your credit, is that it's incredibly skill testing to play nine matches to get to a finals and then nine matches to win a finals. I think it kind of cements. You know, if you had any uncertainty that you like don't have your finger on the pulse of the format in regards to like what we're doing here, I think with just playing so many matches, and I and I see that in the vintage rounds too. It's like the stronger players like truly do rise to the top. I'm 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 gonna take myself out of this particular conversation, but yeah, and um, and people who spend more time building decks too. I mean, I think I had a pretty large. I mean, we're all skilled. I would say the top four was you know all skilled players, but I have like eight decks to choose from. I play them a lot. I really like middle school. Both of you were coming. I mean, Carter, you have two decks. You basically, Greg, you just have one. You're right, like borrowing right. decks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't had as many reps with them as the ones that you have tried and true, you know? So that's a big advantage just to have like, I mean, I was very comfortable with all three of my decks. I felt like I knew exactly what I needed to do against different matchups, even if it was like losing, you know, Right, the time you put in to innovate as well just totally paid off, I think. Yeah, I agree. You, you like built a bunch of different decks that are basically all tier one strategies. So, this is why when we were setting up Madison Team Tactical, I sniped Lorian immediately. I'm like, "Hey, dude, you want to team up?" Because <laughs> I'm like, "I got that. I got that format locked down." Oh man, yeah, we'll not we'll not have to worry from there. Yeah, it's true. It's it's very satisfying to see like very intentional thought uh, be rewarded. Cause I think in magic, we just chalk like way too many things up to variance. And it's nice to say, cause, and, and, and for a lot of, a lot, a lot of times we say, oh, well, it's impossible to know we don't have the sample size, you know? Oh, well, you know, that person just got, just got lucky or that person just ran good and with, I just think in the format of this particular league, it was just very clear. And and everyone had you winning. 
you know, I, I asked Tyler, I'm like, who do you, who do you have winning? He's like, Lorian. And I think probably every other person had you winning too. So it's just, yeah, I even said that. Yeah. And, and so, like, so oh yeah, Lorian has all the decks. He's, yeah. He's done all the, the, the brain work. Like he's got this, like there's no way I can beat him. Yeah. But I tried anyway. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hate my slate against you. I wish I fucking wish I could have gotten there because I I liked my slate of decks against what you brought with the two red decks. I I might have been able to reap the rewards of playing reanimator there. I just had to bust through like 10,000 fucking mana leaks in order to get there, which I couldn't. Um but yeah, anyway, that's a that's a I'm I'm very excited for the for the next one. I, uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about other stuff to play. I'm thinking about Oath of Druids. Hopefully, Legacy Leagues come online. That'd be sweet. Are you locked and loaded? Is, is it just finding the last two people to one one more it's player? One, finding one more. one more. Yeah. Well, you one more Chicago. Proxy something up, Moss. Person. What do you say? Want to cast Brainstorm? <laughs> Crack a Fetchland. Yeah, there you cast go. another Brainstorm. Sounds like a hoot. <laughs> I might, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I might proxy something up to just to get this thing, get this thing fired. It's been a long time. Can't be any worse than vintage, right? Um, well, (laughs) we'll see. Get fucking annihilated (laughs) by force of vigor over and over. (laughs) Did you you play the same shop stack? Yeah, no, we don't need to go into that. That was a train wreck. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've actually talked about this already. Yeah, we've (laughs) covered that ignominious appearance. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's going to be cool to see, uh, what uh, what happens for the for the next one? I thought I thought the I thought the league was an awesome idea, very illustrative on what's going on in the format. And Lorian, I really liked your point about um, the format being so expansive, and us in our Chicago metagame tend to be a little inbred. So who knows what's out there that would be like an insane foil to goblins or survival or whatever we think is the best. And a quick, um, before we wrap up here, just a quick shout out to Tyler that did a report that we posted over at lordsofthepit.com. He did a wrap up, or a, I guess it was, was he like live blogging it oh, kind of? Yes, of uh, like Lorian versus Greg in the finals. There's a good photo, photo collage and... Um, you know, he was covering like banter between you guys. It was a fun read. So uh, go check that out. It's really fun. It was great. He had, yeah, he had his laptop like up at the table. Yeah. He was following every it, single It was like, yeah. just like playing a Wizards feature match. It was awesome. Yeah. It's like how those old, yeah, the old dojo articles were. I liked it. Or whatever. Yeah, really great. Um, any closing points, gentlemen? Dope. We did it. Thanks again, guys. 